sit there. Okay. I'm okay. Thank you, Good evening, church. Good evening. Wait a minute. I think there might be some dead people here. Good evening, church. Good evening, Pastor. Amen, amen. So the Bible tells us there's no greater love. I know you know the rest of it. There's no greater love than to give one's life for another. Wow, think about that. No greater love than to give one's life for another, another friend, another person, Amen. a relative, it doesn't matter who it is. And I extend that even a little bit further, because there's nothing more, much further than death, of course, but even before that then, you know, we hear a great of many stories of people putting others before themselves. What do I mean by that? before we start. Well, putting away their wants, their desires, their plans, even sometimes their education for another person. I was always taught by my mom and dad that others always came before me, my brother and my sister. You know, I've shared with you so many times about mom and dad. Mom and dad, if the world would look, would have looked at them, would have said, well, look at that. His mom only had a sixth grade education. What does she know? His dad only had an eighth grade education. What does he know? But they understood what it was to put others before themselves. And that's what they taught us. That's what they taught us. So again, we hear many of great stories, others that make great sacrifice for others. And sometimes they're just strangers that they make sacrifice for. And But again, you have to receive that calling through the Holy Spirit that it may be your time to step in front of someone before they get hurt. Okay, I'm not telling you to go out and rush and throw yourself in front of the avenue and see if God will rescue you. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying no greater love is there than that. Well, here's a wonderful story. It took place August the 2nd, 2021, the Tokyo Olympics. And if you know the story, don't say a word. Well, I'll beat you up later in Jesus' name. Here's the story of a wonderful, wonderful runner that competed in national championships and regional regional championships in running. This runner was from the USA. And he was selected to come to the greatest stage of competition, worldwide stage, the Olympic Games. And so he was ready for the Olympic Games. He had been practicing and working I mean, steadily and sweating every bit of sweat that he could sweat and getting ready for an event that only takes a few seconds, okay? But this is an event a, 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 in competition with so many other runners from all over the world, from all over the world. So he was representing, representing the United States of America in the 800 mile uh, 800 meter race and of course there were other other seven runners in that race and uh, so again he was he was pumped up his coach had trained him to the fullest and he was ready and he knew if he would place in the top three which is the only uh, noticeable race unless you're in qualifications to get to the final event where the medals are awarded the goal the silver and the bronze, but he was sure that he was going to place number two, and that would definitely get him into the final race. So here we go. The man with the gun is standing right beside them, real close to them, and he tell, gives him the instruction, and then he shoots the gun, and um, and they take off running. So the the gentleman in question that we're talking about 
His name is Isaiah Jewett. Isn't that a great name, Isaiah? Isaiah Jewett. And so Isaiah was, was in his tribe. He was in his lane. He was doing what he needed to do. He was coming along this side, as you have to sometimes, to overtake other runners. And unfortunately, the unfortunate thing happened. As he was seeing the finish line, because remember, this race only takes a few seconds, not, not even a minute, okay? To be able to be qualified, you have to do it, you have to make this in seconds to get up there uh, to the finish line. And as he was getting close to the finish line, he was seeing that second place because there was another runner that was way ahead of him. And he was right, right there behind him as he came on the side and went behind that runner. Well, within a few seconds, his whole life changed. His whole life changed. Like it could happen to any of us. And what would you do in that few seconds that, and I call it always a New York minute, in those few seconds that your life can change, what would you do, where would you be, and, 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 and how would you represent yourself? <clears throat> and so what happened was, in the matter of a few seconds, he felt another runner hit the back of his heel. And both of these runners, this is a true story, you can Google this, both of these runners, they fell. They fell together just only a few feet before the finish line. And again, uh, Isaiah Jewett was, he felt, was tripped by an incredible, wonderful runner from South Africa. You know, South Africa produces uh, wonderful runners just like e Ethiopia and other other countries that Jamaica. they run miles in the heat of over 120, 130 degrees. And they train going up mountains and all that for races that only take a few seconds. So, Nigel Amos from South Africa unfortunately hit the back heel, the right heel of runner Isaiah Jewett. And both of them went down just a few feet before the finish line. They were both down and Isaiah, as he is told, and he, when he was a, a reporter asked him, and as he told his story, he said within those few seconds, everything just came into his mind, everything I trained for, everything I have wanted and wished for, and I, and, I, and I was representing my country, excuse me, and I'm representing my country, I know I'm gonna bring, bring uh, honor to my country. But there he was on the ground of the track with Nigel Amos that fell with him. And then the unexpected, the most wonderful thing happened. And this is what we are praying for as part of our 100 day prayer and fast, prayer, fasting, and, and also an act of generosity. Isaiah turned to Amos, Nigel, and Nigel looked at him with the sadness on his face and said to him, I am sorry. Isaiah looked back at him. They were both in the ground. This happened within seconds. And he said, it's okay, man. And here's what happened next. Isaiah got up and he reached over and lifted up Nigel. And put his arms around his shoulder. And they both finished the race together. What an act of generosity, what an act of kindness, what an act of putting others before ourselves. Here's a man that trained for, I mean, you, you trained your whole life to make it to the big stage, the Olympics. But yet, what did he do? He put another first before him. And he lifted up this man from South Africa that he knew about, he knew was a great competitor, but he lifted him up and they both finished the race together, went across the line. Now, understand the impactful situation in this. Isaiah 
must have thought in less than a split second, oh my God, I'm losing an opportunity of maybe being sponsored by Kellogg's cornflakes, by Nike camera, by all these corporations that I can make millions. But yet he thought about another. Amen. He thought about another. And these are the wonderful things that if we believe in Christ, Christ instills in us Amen. to put others first. And, and, and what a wonderful time as we are participating with Potter's House in Columbus, Ohio, and other Potter's House. And you heard a wonderful preacher this last Sunday, Amazing. Pastor Mike, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and how we're all connected. We're one under Christ. And that's a wonderful thing. Isaiah felt at that moment he had to be connected with Nigel. And he raised Nigel and they went across the finish line. So tonight's message, before I open up in prayer, is titled, Are You a Burden Carrier? Burden, B-U-R-D-E-N. We, we heard that word come out tonight. It came out tonight in the opening message by Pastor Chris. Okay? Are you and I burden carriers? Isaiah was. Isaiah carried Nigel. Nigel's burden that got tripped, and Nigel also lost probably the dream of, of his life of placing maybe first, second, or third, maybe coming up. But this is what can happen in our lives, that we are asked to put others before ourselves. So let's go to God in open service. Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the message that we're about to receive, Father God, through the Holy Spirit, as I always say, never through me, because I am never worthy, Lord. I need your spirit to guide me. I need your spirit to, to give me the words, Father God. I need your spirit, Father God, to strengthen me. And I thank you, Lord, for what we're about to hear. I thank you, Lord, for your, your grace, your mercy, your love, Father God. Father God, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor, for you are worthy to be praised. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So, do we sometimes feel burdened ourselves? And I'm asking this question for all of us. That we cannot see the burdens of others. Think about that question. Do we sometimes feel so burdened, so beat up ourselves that we cannot see the burdens of our brothers and sisters? Amen. Think about that. Think about that. I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm not trying to criticize anyone here. I'm trying to tell you this is of great importance because this is all about who Jesus is. This is all about who Jesus is. Here, here this church, Jesus reminds us that if we are to be like him, we are to be burden carriers. Because that's what Jesus is. That's what Jesus was. Right? He carried your sins and my sins. And he was a guiltless man. He, he was not guilty of anything. But yet he carried our sins. How do we explain that to others? And that's, that's our testimony that helps us explain to others. Not our testimony of how great we are and how much we have accomplished and how many races we have won. But our testimony, sharing with others what God has done in our lives. Amen. And how God has freed us. How God has redeemed us. So Jesus became one of us to lift our heaviest burdens from our shoulders. He died to free us from the weight of sin, death, and hell from our shoulders. He carried us across the line of redemption and saved us from hell. A lot of people don't want to hear about hell. You heard the wonderful preacher on Sunday mention that he had listened to a preacher give a sermon for 30 to 45 minutes about money, about how riches and things like that. Listen, there's nothing wrong with money. 
But if that is your focus and your God, you better run to the bank and take all your money out and, and dig it under the under the dirt. Because you know what? That money's not going to save you at all. Money will never save you. But but the heart of Jesus will. The heart of Jesus will save you. So church, in these 100 days of showing and acts of generosity and acts of kindness, and I know if I give you the microphone, you can tell me already, in the so many days that we've been together as a body of Christ at Potter's House at Coral Springs, you could probably say to me, you know, you heard Pastor Chris say, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, write things down. It's almost like keeping a, a journal of the great things that Jesus has done for him. Mm-hmm. Well, how about keeping a journal of the great things Jesus wants you to do for others? Amen. Amen. Right? And it may be, it may be a, a total sacrifice. The, the, the last bit of bread that you, that you give for one another. Uh, because, again, our lives may be asked of us. And, and if we're true believers in Christ, we have to believe that Jesus has us and we're going to be with him. But if we're to give our lives for another, God knows the reason why that needs to happen. We may not understand. And, and again, I, I wouldn't know how that feels. And none of us here knows how that feels. So we can't say, oh, yeah, me? Oh, no problem. I'll definitely give my life for, for even a little squirrel that goes across my back screen. No. None of us know this. But the fact that we know that this is what Jesus is about. Jesus is about the generosity. Jesus is about the uplifting, the love for others, and putting others' face. What First, what greater love could the King of Kings Lord of wars have than to step up and take it all for you and I. My goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are we truly seeing the burdens in the lives of others? Do you really? Do you really spend time and listen to others? You and I? Do we hear their burdens? Do we ask him if they're hurting and they know they got to go to a doctor's appointment? Do we ask him, hey, can I go with you? Can I be with you just to be there with you? If we know that somebody has to take a big test or whatever, do we ask him, do you want me to pray with you and know that I'm with you and beside you all the way? Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So are we ready to lighten the load of those around us? Are we ready to lighten the load of those around us? It doesn't matter, men, women, women or child. Are we ready to step up and lighten the load? Are we truly seeing the burdens in the lives of others? Are we stepping up and stepping in to help? It takes the stepping up and stepping in. Not a lot of lip service. That isn't going to do a thing for anyone. And you'll hear about it in a few seconds. It's the actions that speak louder than words. It's the heart that illuminates the path. Right? It's the heart. It's the heart. Are we truly attending to the broken and discouraged when they walk in the door of this church? There's many. Many of folks that have walked in here. And right away, the Spirit of God will tell you, ooh, love on this person. Not only welcome him, but love on this person. Or her or him. It doesn't matter. Get to know them. Find out what's happening with them. I don't mean to force yourself on them and, and, and make it sound like you're some kind of miracle worker. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, are, are you really listening to what the Spirit of God is telling you? To love on that person that may be coming through those doors broken and, and, and just needing God? Or, or, or are you going to act all, all like so holy Oh, welcome to my church. I am one of the important people in my church. I'm an elder. I'm a pastor. I'm a... What? What? Come on now. Or are you going to be there and, and show them the love of Jesus? 
that they know when they come to Potter's House and Coral Springs, they're going to receive the love of Christ from head to toe, from beginning to the end. That's what Jesus is all about. Let us open the service tonight with the book of Galatians, chapter 6, if you have your app. And I was so happy when Pastor Mike talked about his Bible in his app on his phone. I actually was, was saying hallelujah in low voices over there. I didn't want to interrupt him. Because a lot of people say, well, no, you're... How can you be a pastor and and, uh, and walk around with a Bible on your phone? Why don't you walk around with a big, thick Bible? I say, hey, listen, I'm walking with Jesus, and Jesus is in my heart, and the Bible is in my heart, and it's in my phone, too. Why not? Why not? Give me a break. Why not? And that's what God is about. So let's look at Galatians 6, verses 2 to 3. Bear one another's burdens. Ooh, tall order, folks, asking us. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Thinking that he is or she is something when they're really nothing. It's just like these people, they have to be introduced, and it takes about 10 minutes <coughs> to introduce them because they have so many degrees and they tell the person that introduced them beforehand, listen, I know you invited me. I'm coming into this corporate meeting, but I want you to introduce me that I have a bachelor's in this, I have a master's in that, I have a dual doctorate in this. Oh my goodness. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with accolades. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with you know, showing respect to people. But how about saying, so-and-so that will be speaking today has a wonderful heart for Jesus Christ. Woo! In the corporate world, if you would say that, you'd probably get kicked out in a second. But that person knew that they were speaking from the heart, and it's wonderful. So, here we see the Apostle Paul in Galatians bringing up the idea of the one overtaken in any trespass. It showed us that the picture of the person sagging under a heavy load, and that's what we've been talking about so far. Christ is directing us to always be, and listen to this phrase, I love this phrase, what God is directing us to be, to always be others focus. What does that mean? Less of you and more of others. Amen. And that's what we want. So we, we always ask God, Lord, we want, we want to have more of you and less of us in our equation and, and, and redemption in life. But God, Jesus wants us to be centered, focused on others and less on ourselves. Amen. Because if I tell you sometimes what I focus on myself, you would go, Brother Pastor Pete, you are boring. I haven't heard you mention anything about anyone. But that's not the way I am, thank the Lord Jesus. My mommy and daddy taught me different. I always do my best. I'm not perfect. Amen. I'm a sinner. But to put others before me. And I never ask for anything in return. And I know that God opens up the floodgates of heaven when he sees his children being obedient and loving. What does he say? Love one another as I love you. Love one another. Okay, we can never love like he loves. But boy, we can sure try to be more like him, right? Amen. We can sure try to be more like him. Jump over to Matthew's chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Matthew's chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. This is what the word of God says. Come to me, and you know this, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Take my yoke upon you and learn and lean on me and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <coughs> Isn't it great when you know that somebody's hurting and you come along their side and they're hurting and maybe they're ashamed to share something with you. And, and the first words that come out of your mouth, you can say to them, listen, don't worry, man. 
I'm here with you. Let's, 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 let's pray together. Let's walk together. Let's see what God has in mind for you. Because I know Jesus loves you. And I love you too. And that person may be the first time you saw you and you just came upon them up in Broward Boulevard where, I, where I've done, you know, I've done uh, evangelizing on the street with, with uh, the shelter. And, and, and I run into people that I never met in my life. But the Holy Spirit led me to say that. And some of them, yes, some of them were homeless. Yes, some of them were people that had criminal records a mile long. So I got to know some of them. But so what? Jesus loved them. And still loves them. And for me to say to them, I love you and I want to pray with you. I never met him. That's what my, my bracelet says right here. What would Jesus do at that moment? What would Jesus do? So here we see Jesus directing his call to those who were burdened. Listen to this. He called those who sense they must come to him to relieve their need instead of living in self-sufficiency. Doesn't that happen to a lot of us? Well, to all of us. Well, I can do it. Well, I got all these degrees. I'm, I've been working at, so, at this place for over 20 years. And, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm at the upper echelon. I, I'm right below the, uh, the assistant CEO. What can happen in New York, New York minute? Gone! And if Jesus is not in your life, you have nothing. No money can save you. Quit cradling money. Quit, quit talking to money like it's your little baby. And saying to your money, I love you. Keep growing, please, money. How about waking up and not saying, Jesus, I need you. Without you, I'm nothing. Money can never save me. No career can never save me. That's Jesus. He's the answer. And, and again, and, and when I say this to people, sometimes they go, oh, like I told you the story at the gym, what happened to me? And the lady said to me, I thought she was going to say to me, because she, I talked, they talked to her for a long time. I thought she was going to say, wow, that's great. That's great. All she said was, oh my goodness, you're very religious. <laughs> that's what she said to me. And, 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 and I had to answer her, but, but but thank God, the old Cuban, part Italian, did not come out of my mouth. <laughs> thank the Lord, the old guy did not show up that day at the gym. And I looked at her and I said, well, it's really the love of Christ. And she went like this, she turned around. Okay. And she booked. That's okay. I prayed for her. Jesus still loves her. I don't care if she is Catholic. I don't care if she is Jewish. I don't care if she is from the Himalayas. It does not matter. It doesn't matter because Jesus loves us all. Amen. Do we deserve him? No, we don't. Do we deserve his grace and mercy? No, we don't. None of us. Don't tell me that two Cubans deserve more grace and mercy than one Puerto Rican. Don't tell me that. Because that's not true. That's not the way God looks at us. He looks at us all the same. He loves us all. Remember when I told the story from up here? When people would say that to me, I would say, wait a minute. He looks at Fidel Castro and Raul Castro the same way he looks at me? My dad said, yes, son. What? Yeah. That's the way it is. So Jesus shows us the hurting. What are we to do? Hear their cry and just say to them, this is you and I. We hear the cry of the hurting, the one that's, you know, heavily burdened and carrying so much because they lost their job. They just found out their relative has cancer, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and they found out just recently that their job, uh, they're not getting the race that they were expecting and they already spent part of that race. Ooh, that hurts. So are we going to say to them, good luck with that? Are we going to say that to them? I'll pray for you. Amen. Good luck with that. Amen. I've had people tell me that at the gym and other places. Oh, Pete, good luck with that. <laughs> I'll pray for you. And I go, boy, that's going to be an empty prayer and a half. That's not going to make any difference. Right? That's not going to make any difference at all. 
Or will we carry their burden and be more like Christ? Listen, I'm not telling you to be a, 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 a little demigod. I'm not telling you to be a miracle worker. Uh, even though God gives us his power, that through him we can do anything, okay? Yeah. Right? Through him we can do anything. But here's the thing. I, I, I challenge each and every, every one of us as we're doing this 100 days, don't let it just be 100 days of prayer, fasting, and, and, and acts of generosity. Let it be an eternal walk Amen. until God takes us home. Amen. That we can that we can show generosity, that we can put others first before us. I know you're going to say, Pastor Pete, it's easier said than done. I know that. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect little angel every day to be that way. But keep asking God to use you to touch others' lives. Amen. There's nothing greater than you can do. Don't ask God to promote you to be the senior pastor of a church if that's all you're looking for. That's, that, to me, it's yeah, it, it, it's a wonderful want and desire that God wants to give us the desires of our heart. But if it doesn't include others in that equation, it's empty. It's, it's, it doesn't mean a thing. Because all you're looking at is you. You're focusing on you. That's all you're caring about. So, if you could go to 1 Timothy 5, 8. Chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Whoop! Yeah. I remember when my wife said to me, and I knew my my parents were hurting financially and, 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 my, and my other relatives. And, and the first words that came out of my wife's mouth was, no biggie, we gotta help them. Amen. I'm not gonna lie, Amen. but I wanted to say, do we have to help them again? <laughs> but my wife did not, my wife showed that love because that's what the Bible tells us. How can we say we love Jesus when we have a hard time helping our own family members? I'm not saying to give someone in your family that every time you bless them and help them, they go back and go shopping for more drugs or alcohol or gambling. I'm not saying that. Because you don't want to. You don't want to enable anybody. We don't want to do that. But we want to do what? We want to show them the love of Jesus Amen. as well as you would someone at the church. You know there's church members sometimes that are ashamed to say anything to the church to please pray for me, I need help, whatever, because they're just ashamed. But Jesus always sends others secretly to come along their side and help them and lift them up. It may even be the senior pastor that didn't say anything. And he may say, mm, I see that you, you you seem disturbed about something. Your, your, your body language is like you're hurting or something. And then that person may break down in that office and say, this is what's happening. And that senior pastor may not have to come up in front of the pulpit, in front of the whole congregation and say, hey, 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 would you all come on board with me? He may just take it upon himself to show the love of Jesus for that hurting soul. What? What is that title again? Are you burden carriers? That's what that senior pastor has done. He has been a burden carrier for that person. Amen. There's nothing greater than that. So God's normal way of providing for hurting and broken and the broken is not through the building. We're in a building right now. The church. But through the body of Christ who is the church. You and I believers, first responders to the burden. We are we are first responders. Burden carriers. And we truly believe in Christ. And we are Jesus' hands and feet. Amen. And that's what we're supposed to be. Jesus' hands and feet. 
If you could go to Hebrews, we're almost there. Hebrews chapter 10. Just have a, a few more uh, scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Do you hear that part? Consider one another. That means think about one another. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Forsaking fellowship. Listen to this. And if you want to write this down, write this down. And I share this with a lot of the guys at the shelter. Forsaking fellowship is a sure way to give place to discouragement and discouragement festers where Jesus' people are not. Did you hear that? Discouragement will bring his ugly, evil head and it will fester like, like, like a disease, like a virus. And this is the place where Jesus' people are not. Because see, we are to be what? The light and the soul, right? We are to be what? We are to be those burden carriers that put others before ourselves. Listen, I'm not telling you to be like anyone. I'm just telling you during this time of 100 days and moving forward to search your heart and ask God to continue building you up, but not building you up in wealth. So what I'm talking about. Building you up to have more a heart like Christ. That's what we're looking for. That's what we should be seeking for. Okay? And so, church, we all have done it and been there. Now that we are servants of Christ and others, it is so strange for us to hear others that claim to be followers of Christ and say, oh, well, I appear at church when I really need prayer and not on a regular basis to fellowship with brothers and sisters. I know people that appear at church, churches that I used to go to and all that, and they would not only come during the holidays, of course, Christmas and Passover and, and uh, Resurrection Day, but uh, they would always show up when there was a, a big free meal. I, I, I don't understand that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I know I'm judging. But it, it, it hurts my heart to understand that like some of the guys at the shelter, when they graduate, I tell them, listen, I'm your accountability partner now. Keep my phone number, number one. Number two, the first thing you do is hit the ground running and find a church that is, that is Bible-based. Okay? If you cannot come to my church, because it takes three buses to come from Hollywood up here, all right? To Potter's House of Crow Springs. But, but you need to fellowship with one another. Amen. Coming to church is not to sit there and look pretty. Ooh, look at my pretty shirt. Yeah, I do have a nice shirt. Thank you, thank you very much, I appreciate that. But, but, but it's to come to fellowship with one another. That's how you build the love of Amen. Jesus. Amen. That's how Iron sharpens iron. That's, that's how it happens. It happens all from that, and it's a wonderful thing. So if you could right now, fast put, it, put the gear a little bit forward and go to Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down, and you hear that, you heard the story many times, from Jerusalem to Jericho. And fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, and if you know anything about the Word of God, you know Samaritans were not supposed to mix <laughs> with, the, with the Israelis. You know that, right? 
We know there's many places in the Bible that tells us that. And, and the biggest one is Jesus, meaning the Samaritan woman at the well, right? The people were appalled. They couldn't understand why would he do that. As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil, wine, and set him on his own animal. Brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which, so which of these three do you think was neighbor to him? who fell among the thieves. Amen. We could say, like I said before, man, I'm sorry. Mm, I know you can hear me. Mm, I know you're you're laying down wounded, beat up, mm, shirt torn, pants ripped. Man, I'll pray for you. Oh yeah, I'm a preacher, I'll pray for you. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm a preacher of a big church. I'll pray for you, uh, but I gotta go, man. Oh boy. Oh boy, you don't think Jesus is watching that? Oh, oh boy, what are you, double-minded? You speak from both sides of your tongue, you say that you, you, you're you a believer and lover of Christ, but yet when, the, when things get going tough and things get real tough and you only have three bucks and, and, and three dollars in your purse or, or your wallet and you see someone that's hurting and, 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 and they don't ask you for the money, they just ask you for a bottle of water, you're gonna say, Ooh, I'm sorry. You, you even call them loved one. I'm sorry, loved one. As you see, I'm showing you my wallet. I only have three bucks, and I need that for me. And then, then the so-called loved one that's laying on the ground by the gas station looks up, and he sees behind you a beautiful Rolls Royce. Give me a break. Where are you standing there? Where are you standing there? So the priests and the Levites saw their Jewish brother lying in his terrible condition, but neither one of them did anything. They both passed by on the other side. Are we as a body of Christ going to say to a situation like this, well, not today. Are we going to say that? Not today, because i got to get home to my wife. i got to get home to my kids. Not today. Sorry, buddy. Dude, good luck. Are we going to say that? Right? Or are we going to stop and be the burden carriers and offer them food and water? Remember, I never mention money. I always tell people, you can do whatever you want. I'm not judging anyone here. The people that stand on the street corners asking for money, I never give them money. Neither, neither my wife or I. But if there's time that I can roll down my window, I say, can I get you something to eat or a couple of bottles of water? And a lot of the times, <clears throat> they greet me with very wonderful words in their vocabulary that are not holy words, are not righteous words, but are <clears throat> words from the gutter. And I just roll out my window. And I said, I was willing to help you. Some of them have the audacity, I guess, or the boldness. No, all I need is 20 bucks. I don't know why people keep asking 20 bucks. And of course, what are you going to do? Well, I can't split a 20, and that's all I have in my wallet. But I tell people, try, try, try to go deeper. Try to offer them food and ask them if they need prayer. That's worth more than 20 bucks. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's worth more than 20 bucks. Praise Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So think about this. Mm, this is something to think about for sure. Think about the countries that are part of the United Nations. And here we go. You're seeing this today. Countries that are part of the United Nations that have turned their backs on God's people. Israel. The United Nations turned their back on God's people, Israel. Boy, are they going to get a, receive a spanking, right? Not carrying their burdens by standing by their side when 
when it comes to countries that want to drive the Israelis into the sea. They want to destroy them. They want to kill the Israelis. They want to take their land that was given to them by God. God gave the land to them, not to any other nation that's trying to drive them into the sea. And yet, United organizations like United Nations and, and other groups, oh no, they can they can fend for themselves. If they only knew that Jesus would be right there with them. Oh, my goodness. Don't stop there. Not only with that oppression, but think about China trying to destroy and kill the Taiwanese people. You know we had a wonderful Taiwanese young man with his baby and his wife here. We haven't seen him in a while. And I spoke to him. And uh, China has had battleships in the area and they want to take back Taiwan or part of Taiwan that was part of the China Republic. And they say, no, we want it back. And they don't care because Taiwan, it's nothing like China. They're a democratic country. They, 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 they're a nation that they're producers of, of a lot of what goes in, in the phones of, of your cell phone and your Androids. And, iP and iPads and, and, and things like that. So think of that. Think about Russia. Come on, you gotta watch the news a little bit. I'm not saying spend hours watching the news, but think about Russia right now trying to destroy and kill the people of Ukraine. And these people have been freed for over 30 years. But yet they were part of Russia way long time ago. So do you think, yeah, do you think they really want to go, <laughs> go back to that oppression of government? Just like the, Israeli, the Israelis are the only democratic country in that area in the Middle East. And yet, the Israelis are always loving on other nations. The Israelis produce wonderful, wonderful, wonderful technology. One, I mean, things that they can turn salt water to drinking water. Oh my goodness. But they don't do it and hoard it themselves. They do it to bless other nations that will receive them with open arms. But yet, these other nations that I call them, I'm sorry, I gotta call them as it is, knuckleheads. <laughs> they do not see the blessing of the door that's being opened to them to save their own nation out of poverty, out of sickness, out of not having the, the best medicine. Because Israel is a powerful nation. Amen. And it's, it's wonderful to hear that. Again, many nations turning their backs on those nations and citizens that are being oppressed and, and killed. Is the world supposed to care, carry each other burden? Now we, we always pray that we can, we can look out for each other. We pray for the world. We pray for our world leaders. We pray for um, deliverance in every, in every part of the world. Because there's so many countries and so many people that are oppressed. You heard from the pulpit last time me telling you that some people make $1.93 a day, equivalent to the U.S. currency. $1.93 to survive. Are you kidding me? That's a couple of pieces of gum that I may take. I know, I know, I buy pretty rich gum. I like, I like good flavor gum. But again, it, it's just amazing. And the last scripture, could you go to Galatians 5.14? The last one, and you know this one so well. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we talk about this from the pulpit all the time, all the time. So church, where are we today as a body of Christ, this church? I want people to keep coming in that door and say, boy, this is a special place. Not because they have an old Cuban sitting by the door, but because I feel love in this house, right? Are we as a body of Christ stepping up and stepping in? Stepping up and stepping in to carry each other's burdens. 
here as the body of Christ. When one of you is hurting, you better tell me and tell others. Because we love you, man. I'm sorry, I use men for everything I shouldn't use that. We love you, men and women. <laughs> sorry. I know I'm going to get a beating later. Please pray for me. But, but that's what the body of Christ at Potter's house is. That's what that should be the blueprint of every church. Not having the most incredible programs. Not having wonderful, wonderful programs and wonderful, like a brass band praise and worship ministry. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's the center focus, oh, they're missing the mark by a mile. Not just in these hundred days, but in every day for the rest of our lives, let us carry the burdens of one another. Amen. Are we going to miss the opportunity to carry each other burdens by not encouraging one another, lifting up, lifting others up out of a dark situation, but not offering to maybe buy them a meal or give them water to drink? Are we going to be part of God's plan? And I love this because you know this comes from one of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11. The last, the last two parts. Are we going to be part of God's plan of a hope and a future for that person's life? That when they think of us, they may say, wow, Brother Pete was part of, and Sister Pam was part of that hope and future that God has for me. So I invite you tonight to think about others first. I know I would say all of you do, okay? But continue, because it's great. I, and the Bible tells us it's greater to give than to receive. And that's what my parents taught me anyway. And I would always argue, but wait a minute, I don't even get an allowance, and you want me to give what I don't have? But, but you know what? It's greater to give than to receive. Let's bow our heads and go to God. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the message to the Holy Spirit, Father God. Let us be burden carriers, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, I know you equip us to be burden carriers because you are the greatest of the burden carriers that has ever, ever existed and that will exist forever because you carry the burdens of the world, our sins, our, our, our brokenness, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for tonight. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do in our lives. And Lord, just, just keep stretching us a little bit more. We want to be, and we want our story to be told that we were more about you than about us. 